You're listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series. My name's Andrew Mackay-Smith, and what follows is a conversation between myself and Thomas Rinakari from the band Corpiclani. Corpiclani have an excellent new album out sometime in September. Depends on the territory, I suppose, where you're at, but here in Australia, it's 7th of September. The name of the album is Kulkia. Talk about that and a whole heap of other things associated with Finnish culture. Really fascinating conversation, this one. Enjoy. Hey, Thomas, how's things, mate? It's good. It's going good. Are you at home at the moment, mate, or are you guys on tour? Uh, what? Are you on tour at the moment, or are you back at home in Finland? Uh, we're back at home. We're leaving to Russia on 6th of September. That'll be exciting. So, yeah, we, we go all the way to Vladivostok, so it's pretty cool. Great fans in Russia, I hear, mate. There's a few Australian bands that have gone over there and talked it up, and uh, I've also seen the YouTube videos of performances by bigger bands over there, and uh, they look like the crowd looks like they're getting right into it. Oh, absolutely! It's one of the wildest, one of the wildest <laughs> places. It's really, it's it's really quite something to be over there. Yeah, it's great to see. And it's also, you know, they they don't get to see metal bands that much, especially like when you go outside of Moscow and St. Petersburg. So so that partly explains it. Yeah, and I imagine the sort of... I don't know where to start when I try to describe your sound to people. I tried to do it today, but I failed dismally. But I tried... I described as vast, epic, haunting. But the key point that I wanted to relay to somebody was that yours is music that actually stays with you you find yourself thinking about it afterwards meaning you're thinking about what was i just listening to because it is so different to what it is out there and easily available and that's a key point easily available so do you get a lot of feedback like that well thank you first of all for those because uh, uh i i think uh, i i feel the same way in my, uh, about our music and also for us, we've we've never been planning what we do. We've we've never been sort of looking for influences to to imitate. Mm. Uh, so our music is really based on on things that we appreciate, things that we like, things that we've sort of like um, taken into ourselves from from uh, from the folk music or the the mythical mythological side of our own heritage or or from the bands that we like but but the creative process is really about doing our thing and not really even thinking about you know what other people see or think about what we do so so i think this drive uh, uh, to be authentic and and to do things that that feels good to ourselves is something that that actually creates that that you that you just explained yeah it's it's the sort of album that it doesn't matter it wouldn't have mattered when it's released because it's one of those albums that you could pick up in five years time or 10 years time or what have you and it will still remain relevant because it isn't an album that reflects the trends of the day yeah 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 i think that's what i'm taking away from it yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, I I do wish you right, <laughs> and uh, that's what we feel too. Like there, there was something magical in in uh, in the process of doing this album. We weren't planning to release fourteen songs for, uh, and and do a, a longest album ever. Mm. We weren't even planning to release 
a 10-minute songs this time, like, like this one in this album. But it all sort of just happened by, by following the flow, following like what, what really feels right now yep. without thinking much more of it. And I think one of the, one of the things that maybe um, uh, is related to that feeling of timelessness is that this album is not, not so much produced in that sense that, that many albums are. There are yep. a lot of first takes, uh, especially in Jonas' vocals and, and my, my violin mm -hmm. tracks. There are a lot of first takes and, uh, takes and also, also things like, like um, myself improvising some violin lines uh, underneath Jonas' singing that, mm, that yeah. were just selected to be in it. And this is something that sort of um, sort of uh, creates that feeling of uh, some kind of an organic feeling to it, and being being in in a moment in a, in a different way than trying to be uh, uh, setting the trends or following following the trends of of today's music business. Mm. So so yeah. Well, you're, 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 I know, you know, I'm going to flatter you here a bit, mate, but you're far too smart <laughs> to follow any stupid trends. You, you will be on that. And I was reading about you, mate. You're an ethnomusicologist and you specialise oh, yeah. in, in ritualistic music of, and I might get this wrong, Finno-Ugric and Arctic peoples. Can you tell us about yeah. that? Yeah. Well, the Finno-Ugric Finno people is, is maybe a bit an academic term, but it, it relates to to the linguistically related uh, peoples hmm. that, that because the Finnish language is quite strange. We don't really know how, how our language has developed and where it came from, but, but there, are, there are many theories on that. Hmm. And, uh, and linguistically, we are, we are clearly linked to a number of indigenous people living in the Arctic areas. And, uh, for me, I was all, all, always intrigued by the, the most archaic levels of our folk music, because most of the folk music that we know is basically dance music from the 19th century. So um, okay. I, I was interested about, because Finland hosts the largest archive of folk poems in a whole world. And uh, it, it's hundreds of thousands of poems. And all of these poems are actually lyrics to a song. Because poetry was never recited in Finland. It was always sang. All right. Okay. So it's a, it's a musical tradition. And uh, so I was intrigued about the music that carried those myths all the way to our present day. And uh, and uh, that's that. Those are the questions that have led me to travel to Siberia, because uh, uh, if if we go back in time, we don't have to go that far back. Two two hundred years is enough that we are actually uh, had areas in Finland that were were living in a hunter hunter gathering uh, way, hunter gathering societies. So if we go to Siberia to these linguistically related people, we can actually 
find some traces of, of our own roots and our, our own way of seeing the cosmos. So this mm-hmm. this is this is my favorite topic. So yeah, <laughs> so I might go on forever if we go to this this topic. Well, no, it's a really interesting topic, and I, and I wanna I wanna offer you a uh, a heartfelt. I don't know how to frame this. I'm trying. I'm reaching for the right word to say it's not congratulations, but I'm really grateful that you recognize the value of your culture and the value mm. in bringing a culture to a broader audience. Because people yeah. do need to know about this, because it's part of it's it's part of our collective history. It's part of human history. And when you develop an academic fascination in it, as you have done, you're bringing facts to the table. Yeah. You're not you're not bringing yeah. just the superfluous. Oh, my country won this war. Rubbish. You know, it's more like this yeah. is my people, and this is our culture, and this is our heritage. Yeah, and you know, I think in the academic realm. Uh, it's even more important than the facts are the questions that, that mm. you start asking and you start thinking that, you know, where is this coming from? What, what, what is this for real? Is there, what is the meaning behind this? And, and, and this constant, uh, constant debate and, and, and uh, research of, of sort of possibilities that's something that that is most important, and uh, Finland is peculiar in a, in a one one sense, and that's that's that because um, we've all been colonized more or less. Mm-hmm. It's it's you know like the colonization that the Western uh, cultures have have um, proceeded all over the world. It began somewhere. And and from Finland, it's easy to see that it began from ourselves, because because uh, 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 Finland has also been colonized in that sense, uh, not not maybe so aggressively that some of the indigenous uh, people have, but more successfully. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like yeah, I understand, sense, yeah. You know, like the Christianity, for example, like we we think that it's totally normal and part of our culture to to see kids in in a Christmas time in in a school play to dress up like Bedouins, mm-hmm. and we think you know we don't we don't even think that it's kind of strange. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. And, so so to become aware of these things sort of like uh, what was the original way of thinking or what was the what what could be what could help us today to to live our lives better and and those questions are really like i i believe that we can learn from our own history and from the indigenous cultures ways of looking at the world and ways, way, ways of looking at ourselves that can be most healing. Yeah, it's a really good point. And, and you made another really good point there when you talk about it's really important that people get curious and they start asking questions about culture because that's what keeps it alive. You know, Sure, you can, have, exactly. you can have the academic pursuit of it, which is basically memorizing what's there, but unless you're asking questions about it, like why did they do this or how did people get there, you're not really going to get to the root of the, the persona or the characteristics yeah. of the civilization. And, and you know, I think I think one of the problems with the with the academic world um, 
well, not really the academic world because they understand this already, but there's a tendency to sort of put put culture in museums, sort of, and then we think that the culture was as it as it is reflected on those museums and on those books, but culture is a constant debate. Culture is always moving. Culture is all always taking ideas from somewhere. And, and preserving something that people feel that is important. And so culture is in a constant process of, of dying and, and rebirth and changing and, 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 uh, and transcending. So, so uh, or declining. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so there's always movement and that's, uh, many of us have very romanticized ideas or nostalgic ideas about the history that it was fixed at, at, at the some particular way. And, and this is what I find most interesting is that we can actually uh, access today some of the things that, that were hundreds of years back, some of the ideas that mm. were there and implement them to the modern society and they will become something different by by that process. Mm. But but this is all about seeing things like looking for looking for 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 answers and asking questions and finding out things that that maybe never existed but that might exist in the future because of this thinking. Mm. I, I could listen to you talk for hours about this, to be honest with you, because, you know, I know I'm meant to talk about music, but I am fascinated by culture and civilization and how we've become who we are. I mean, I've, I've read, I know enough about history to understand the impact of the Magna Carta, for example, but you like to go yeah. beyond that, these man-made laws to understand civilization and the ties that bind us all together. For, for example, trade routes that have been established and how people were able to create areas of common interest. That yeah. really fascinating because there's so much division now, isn't there, through politics? There's this constant division. You know, you're this, you're that. We've got identity politics, the whole works. But when it all yeah. comes back down to it, it was only merely to your exact point. A couple of hundred years yeah. ago, a lot of civilizations were virtually hunter-gatherers and they were just trying to get by. Yeah, you know? exactly. Exactly. We are trying, but, uh, you know, gosh, as I say, we, we've only got this 20 minutes for this interview, so I've had some music stuff, but, <laughs> but he, uh, just focusing on you again, okay, so with regards to Copic Lani, now I hope I've pronounced the name of the band correctly there, but I was reading that you've done a lot of work in film, TV, and especially theatre, so how does theatre come across in, the work, in your work in the band? Well, theatre was before Copic Lani, and... and uh, Nowadays, I still I'm one of the founding me members of Ruska Ensemble, which is uh, which is an, uh, a small theatre group that focuses on collaboration with the indigenous cultures uh, in the north. Mm. So, so our work is really about collaboration, not sort of like that. We go to to Greenland, for example, to learn something from the Inuits or take something from them and then present it in Finland, but sort of going there and saying, what would you like to tell to the Finnish audience? And, uh, okay. and, and so that, that collaboration is something that has stayed and, uh, and I find it so valuable and meaningful as work that, uh, that I'm still doing, doing that. Mm. 
and uh, we we have about one production in every two years at the moment. And our last production was a collaboration with the Inuit theater in Greenland. The Sami, uh, we had a one Sami artist from Finland and a Chukchi woman from from the Bering Bay, mm. uh, together with me on stage. And uh, and it was really wonderful just to 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 brainstorm together. You know, like what are the stories you want to tell? That'd you know, what stunning. are the bits yeah. you wanna tell today? Mm-hmm. And and see what what connects us, and exactly you know what connects us, not what mm. divides, not what makes us different. Indeed, yeah. Is there a copy of that footage on YouTube or Vimeo or somewhere? Uh, the, I doubt that it would be uh, publicly released. It, it 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 was streamed actually. Okay. Yep. Uh, so there there is there is a decent version of it but i doubt that it's public okay but yep. maybe someday <laughs> fingers crossed i'd love to see it yeah okay yeah. look i'd better make this my last question to let you go to the next interview but uh the australian audience and australian fans have you had a lot of feedback from us over the years well i mean you guys seem to be totally enthused about us and and that's like that's so that's so cool like uh, <laughs> like we don't we don't meet you too often and we hope to come down there next may it's not definite yet but right. the plan is there but but every time australians show up in our shows there's always this sort of this this adventurous excited feel to to you guys and it's really lovely it's really great to see you there on the road so uh, wonderful so that's, that's really, fantastic yeah. I, I really hope that that we'll get to party together on may <laughs> <laughs> well fingers crossed these these interviews are always over too quick mate but i understand that's the nature of them but look before i let you go congratulations on an extraordinary career and i feel like you're just getting started and i'm so grateful that somebody like you was out there and sharing the music and the culture of of finland and doing what you're doing with metal the whole thing mate so congratulations on a stellar career and please just keep thank doing you. what you're doing thank you yeah Thank no you. This this was great. I could have kept on talking for for ages. Likewise, my mate. favorite yeah. subjects. <laughs> <laughs> no worries, mate. You've been listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series. My name's Andrew Mackay-Smith, and that was a conversation between me and Thomas Runikari from the band Corpiclani. Thanks so much for listening.